Good morning, man. We're glad you guys are here to say you look good. Hey, find a person around you that you know that you feel comfortable with. Let them know, hey, you look good today. You look good today. You look good today. Tell your second choice, you, not so bad yourself. Not so bad yourself. Hey, man, we're glad you're here today. You, you look great, and um, I'm glad to be here with you guys. This is our family reunion. It happens every single Sunday at 1030 in the morning. And so we're here today as a family just hanging out with each other, trying to learn more about Jesus and grow together. And so we're glad you're here today, and, um, and uh, we're going to have a good time, and um, it's going to be all good today. We're in a series called I Love My Church. I love my church, and if you're new to our church, you're like that's, I, I save love for things I really love. I don't really love this church, but I like it, and so that's why I'm here today. But we want you to love our church, and this isn't our church, it's God's church, and we want to love the church. God calls us the church, and this is just the building that we happen to meet in every single week. But God calls you and I, those of us who know him as our, as our Savior and as Lord, as our, as, our, as our King, the guy that we follow for all of our life, that person, Jesus, if we follow him, then the Bible says that we're the church, and he's, he's, he's married to us. He's, he's connected to us, and, and we need him, and we need him. I was talking to a friend of mine just yesterday. He's been a Christian for about six months. He's been following Jesus, and he said every, he goes, I woke up every morning for the last probably for two or three months, and I, every morning I said, God, I need you. I need you, God. I need you. He said, when I found myself six months into the journey, I actually texted him back, and I said, man, you, you're for being a Christian for only six months, you are more mature. You, you've, you're, you're, close to, you're so close to Jesus for only being a Christian for six months. More than some people that I know have been Christian for a long time. And he said, I, he goes, about two or three times a day, I told God I need him. And that's the way to go through life is just telling God every single every moment, hey, God, I need you. And the more that we need him, the more that he, he shows up. The Bible says if we seek him, then we find him. If we ask him, if we draw to him, he, he actually draws near to us. So the more we need him, the more he shows up, the more he connects us. And so that we live lives where we need him the more and more he shows up. But we are, the, we are his church. We're his bride. God's called us. He's, he's commissioned us and given us the great commission to go into all the world and to tell everyone about this person who we call Jesus. And so that's our job. That's what we do. We want to tell people about Jesus. So we looked at, uh, we're looking at our core values over the next four weeks, our core values, kind of what we believe, kind of what we stand for, the reason why we do what we do. We, we tell people every single week that we exist to love all people at all times and all places. But kind of, what are the things that, what does that mean? How does that, how, do, how does that apply to loving all people? What do we do that helps us love people more? And so last week we looked at the fact this. We make it hard for people to go to hell by making it fun to go to church. Church ought to be fun. If church is boring, we're doing it wrong. If church is boring, we're doing it wrong. It ought to be fun. Jesus is fun. You can tweet that if you want. Jesus is fun. He's fun. He likes to have fun. We see him in the Bible serving and loving people, but Jesus liked to have Fun. I mean, for crying out loud, his first miracle was turning water into wine. You know he liked to have fun. That's the first miracle. Jesus liked to have fun. I'm sure when those guys were out fishing, they, he, was, he was throwing worms at them when they were fishing. They had, he had a good time. He wasn't always serious. We see Jesus as a serious guy. And he was serious. He was all about loving people. And, but he had fun. But we want to make church fun. And we also looked at the fact that we will do anything short of sin to reach people. We'll do anything short of sin to reach people. We want to connect people to the life-changing message of Jesus. That's what we want to do. So we want to connect them. We want to, we want to go where they're at. The Bible says, and last we looked at the Great Commission, the Bible says to go into all the world and make disciples. We're going to go and make. We're going to go and engage people. We want to go and have a conversation. We want to go where you go. We want to hang out with you. And we want to connect people to Jesus because we know that he can change lives. Because church won't change anyone's life, only Jesus. So we want to go and make. But we ask ourselves the question, we kind of put ourselves in the middle of this turmoil. Are we going to go and make disciples? Or are we going to come and take? Because coming and taking is easy. It's comfortable. It feels good. We, we like that. Well, I'm going to come and I'm going to see if I'm going to take and pick and choose. And I like that. And, 
feels good, and then it's over. And that's easy to do that, to come and take. It's easy to come and take. But the Bible's calls to go and to, and to make disciples. That is the great commission that he's called all of us to go out and do. And so we want to go and make disciples. That's how we do what we, that's why we do what we do. We want to tell the world about Jesus. We want to tell the world about the love that we have, we have found. And here's what we believe about all of our core values. All of our core values are things that we believe that Jesus wants, Jesus wants modeled. He lived out and we want to be more like him. We want to be like Jesus. That's, that's what we want to be. I don't want you to be like me. I don't, I don't want you to have to wear skinny jeans. <laughs> I mean, I, I, they're, they're fine for me, but I don't, I don't want you to be, I don't want, a, I don't want a bunch of Wesleys. I, I, don't, I don't want a bunch of clones. I heard someone say recently, leaders don't make followers, leaders make other leaders. I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be who God's called you to be. You're unique and you're wonderfully made. I don't want to be, I don't want to be genie. I mean, I wish I could pull off the cool beanie thing, but I can't. I don't want her to be me and I don't, I don't want to be Chris and I don't want Chris to be me and I don't want you to be me. And I, I want you to be like Jesus. I want you to be who God's called you to be in the context that he puts you in, the places he wants you to be, around the people that he wants you to be. We want you to be like Jesus wherever you're at there. We want to model Jesus. That's what we want to be. We want, we want a church that models what Jesus did, what he acted like, who he hung out with, who he loved. Did you know this, that all the people that Jesus hung out were nothing like him? Because he was perfect and they weren't. And so when we look at people, I, I, was, I was somewhere recently and I heard this guy saying, you know, well, so-and-so, he sinned the other day and his sins, you know, that sin's way worse than the other person's sin. <laughs> And if we're not careful, we could be like that guy where we're like, look at you, you're a sinner, you, you're a sinner, your sin's greater than mine. I was talking to um, Ken out in the parking lot, and he's a retired cop. Kind of scares me. And I said, you know, if we're not careful, I said, it's, it's hard being a cop and, and loving people. It's hard to be a cop and come to our church and adopt loving all people at all times and all places. And what we were talking about is because when you, when, you, when you chase bad guys down all the time, you can begin to think that you're that you're a good guy and they're a bad guy, but the Bible calls us all sinners. That we've all messed up. I, said, I told Ken, I said, you're, you're no different than the guy sitting in jail for life, for committing a crime. You're no different than that guy than, than you. Being a, being a cop or being an ex-cop, there's, there's no difference between me, you, and that guy. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But because of Jesus, we can actually, even though we're all sinners, we, with a relationship with Jesus Christ, we can actually begin to be like him. We can begin to model what he modeled. We can be a spokesperson. We can, be a, we can promote the name of Jesus, even though we're not perfect people. I love what Philippians chapter 4, verse 9 says this. The apostle Paul writes to this church, and he says, Hey, guys, keep putting into practice all that you've learned and you've received from me. I want you guys to keep on doing what you saw me do. And what was Paul doing? This is simple. Paul was doing what he heard and saw Jesus do. What is caught to him and... And he was sharing, he goes, I, w- I want you guys to keep on practicing. Now, the funny thing about Paul, was that I was at a community group a few weeks ago with a guy, and he goes, now, I'm trying to figure out why Paul was a professional Christian killer. That was his job. His job was to go around killing Christians for talking about Jesus. That was his job. I can't, and, and then you said today that he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and he's telling people to be like him and, and to teach people about Jesus. I'm trying to figure out what happened between him being a Christian killer to him being one of the biggest promoters for the name of Jesus. And I'm like, I didn't share that in the talk. He goes, no, you didn't. I said, he met Jesus in the middle of that. And so we go from living our lives the way we're living our lives, and we're doing what we want to do, doing what we want, going where we want to go, doing what we want to do, spending what we want to spend, living how we want to live, doing what we want to do, doing our whole life ourselves. Then we meet Jesus, and the moment we meet Jesus, Jesus says, hey, I've got a plan for your life. 
The plan I have for you is actually greater than the plan that you were on or the path that you were on. And if you're in here today, we want you to know that there's a greater plan for you. There's a greater plan for you. My friend Matt's here today, and, and, and Matt's a ski coach. He coaches really good skiers, high-level skiers. And you know what I think would be fun, Matt? Just to drive the boat. But I was thinking about driving the boat the other day. Man, it's easy to drive. In concept, for all you guys that have never been behind a, board, behind, behind a boat on a wakeboard or a skiing, you think driving the boat's pretty easy. If anyone's like me, I'm picky when I'm being pulled I'm on a wakeboard. I'm like, hey, slow it down, faster, slower, just right there. Don't move. The wind starts moving. I, I am picky. But I, you know what? I, I realized for me that I, I would want to be the best at whatever that is. And, 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 and Matt, Matt's the best at what he does. And, and Matt can only be that because God's called him to be that. I can only be what God's called me to be. But either whether, whether I'm here preaching with this microphone, God has a plan for my life. And whether Matt's driving a boat or giving different techniques on how you're supposed to hold the rope and all those things, Matt can be what God's called him to be where he's called him to be that. And Randy's an electrician. And Randy can be what God's called him to be where he's called him to be at. Only we can be where God's called us to be. But we got to be on mission wherever we're at. we got to be on mission there. Like, Wes, I just punch in keys on a computer. You can be on mission there. Like, Wes, I just pour coffee for a living. You can be on mission there. Wes, I'm just a high school student that, that plays softball. You can hit home runs for the name of Jesus. You can be what God's called you to be there. No matter what you do in life today. My, my friend Eloy is here today. He's in a new, new career path. He can be what God's called him to be. No matter whether he's changed careers or not, he can be what God has called him to be. Every single one of us, you can be what God's called you to be. And so Paul says, I want you to keep on putting into practice all the things that you've learned and you've received from me and everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Because I want you to go and do what I do. Parents in here say, you ever tell your kids, I don't want you to ask me any questions. Just do what I say to do. Just do that. You know, or maybe if you're married here today, you've told your husband, just do what I tell you to do. You want to live happily ever after? Just do what I tell you to do. Some of your husbands are like, not in my house. We don't do it like that. However you do it. The Bible says that we're called to go and to do the things that God's called us to do. And he says, once you do the things that you saw me do, and you live life on mission. You know the great byproduct of that is? When we do what God's called us to do and we live life on mission, then when you do that, the God of peace will be with you. There's some things in the Bible when I read it, I'm like, man, that sounds hard. But if you keep on reading, you're like, man, the payoff is really amazing. The payoff is really, really amazing. I was, I was uh, researching um, uh, Rockefeller, John D. Rockefeller, that's his name, right? And I was, I was, I was studying him. He was, they were saying that he was a lot different than his dad, but he was one of the richest people ever to live in that time. And basically, if you take, um, if you put Bill Gates in John D. Rockefeller's time zone, that John D. Rockefeller, he was actually worth two times as much as Bill Gates. That's loaded. That's a lot of jack. That's a lot of money. I mean, that's a lot, two times. He retired at about the age of 50. You know what he did for the last 50 years of his life? 97 years old, he died. He wanted to make it until he was 100. He died at 97. The last half of his life, he spent giving, he spent his life giving away all the wealth that he had. He said, man, I, I, when I was, I was reading that further and further on, he said, man, he was, he was a hard guy, but he was a hustler. He was a go-getter. He made things happen. If you work hard, typically what happens is that there's going to be a payoff for that. For him, he was one of the richest guys in the world. His deal was this. He wanted to be the number one oil guy. So he was doing all his business. You've heard the phrase on a handshake. 
all of his business on a handshake. He didn't want a paper trail on any of his stuff. My kind of guy. And he was just like, hey, let's shake hands. And this guy was a major player. And they eventually took him down. When they took him down, he had so much money, it really didn't even matter. But the Bible tells him when we do what God's called us to do, then peace is going to follow us. Can I ask you a question today? Do you want peace to follow you? Because here's what I realize. We're all chasing peace. But there's a way for peace to follow you. We live in a culture today where we do things typically opposite of the, of the Bible. That's kind of what we do. Because what I found is that culture is louder than the Bible. You hear about the Bible. That's old. It's outdated. A man wrote it. How could a man write it? He was a sinner. He wasn't perfect. The answer to that question, if you ever asked that, is Jesus breathed it into these man's heart. The Bible uses the word, the, um, the word inspired. Um, the Greek word for that means just, he was, it, it breathed it. God breathed it into their ears, and these guys wrote it. Try to take note, trying to take a notes from me is hard, but you imagine taking notes from Jesus. <laughs> That's the Bible. Don't screw it up. All right, Jesus, say that one more time. I didn't know if I got that right. Is that, am I supposed to put the the here or not? <laughs> he breathed it into their hearts, and they wrote it. I don't know about you, but I want, pe- I want peace in my life. I want that. We all want that. Who doesn't want? If we were to do a survey here today and say, how many of you guys do not want peace in your life? There wouldn't be one person that would raise their hand. Even the person that doesn't want peace actually wants peace. We all want that. We all don't want to wake up and say, man, I just have a peace in my heart. I just, I just have this peace in my heart. I just, it just feels good. It's just right. When people come in here on, on a weekly basis and we say, hey, give your life to Jesus. They give life to Jesus the next week. I say, how's it going? He goes, I don't know. It's just different. I said, can you explain what happened last week when you gave your life to Christ? I really can't explain it. I just know things are different. I was talking to my buddy there. He goes, hey, I got to lead one of my friends, Lord. I got to connect him to Jesus. He said, I went the next day. I said, hey, how's it for you? He goes, man, I don't know how to explain that well, but, man, I just feel different. There's a peace that comes with following Jesus and giving your life to him and being a part of his plan. I, I want you to be a part of his plan. Well, I want to keep on moving. We're going to do the things that we saw Jesus do, that we heard him talk about, we saw him do. And I want to give you two more of our values today. So we, we, the week one we talked about last week, we want to reach people. That's kind of the whole base. We want everyone to know about Jesus because we believe Jesus can change people's lives forever, for all of eternity, because there is an eternity. The Bible says where it's appointed for man to die, and in the end there's judgment. There's two options with life, right, wrong, narrow path, broad path. There's options, and we want everyone to know about Jesus. But once we know Jesus, once you and I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, what does that look like? How are we supposed to act? What are we supposed to do? What, what, what does that look like? And so I want to walk through two more of our core values today. And these core values we walk through every, every other month with, our, with our, our Next Steps class. And when people go through our core values, they learn about how we think and how we operate and how we want to connect people to Jesus. And they jump on the dream team. We just finished a class um, last week. We had, I think, 10 or 12 people join the dream team. It's awesome. We, and we're space for more. One of the things I love about our church is there's, there's always room for more. There's more space for you to get involved and to plug in. There's a space for you. And, but here's what I want to look at. I want to look at two more things today. Here's the first one. Number one for today is we are encouragers. We are encouragers. We live in a day in a society where everyone that I've ever met, one out of one people, needs some encouragement. I don't care how good you have it. Everyone in this room here today needs some sort of of encouragement. Diane and I were at Tijuana Flats this week, and uh, it wasn't Tuesday night because we've learned our lesson with that. And uh, we haven't fully, fully learned all of our lessons yet um, with, with the whole Tijuana Flats thing. It used to be we'd all go there, all four of our kids would eat there. And then about two or three months ago, now only three of our kids eat there. We went in there this, this past week, and only two of them eat there now. So 50% is not that bad, you know what I'm saying? And uh, with, our, with our church, with our life, it's not about perfection, it's about progress. So we're totally cool. 
And uh, even though we're digressing, we're like, hey, if half of you guys eat, it's fine. You know, you'll be, look a little bit more hungry than they will, but it's fine. And so the babies eat and the two big kids don't eat. And so for the, for the, why we ate there, these kids are eating chips and cakes. So that's all they ate, Giselle. And then they had the nerve to ask me. And Dinah left us and she went to Bible study and they're like, hey, we want ice cream. I said, what kind of parent would I be if I let you eat queso and ice cream for dinner? And I know that y'all are thinking, this, this wacko, he took him to get ice cream. And you'd be wrong. So deal with that. I didn't take him. I put my foot down. That's what I did. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my foot down. I'm like, your mom's not here. I own you. And so I, I didn't let him get ice cream. I was so proud of myself. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself today. And so I, speaking of being proud of myself, sometimes you've got to encourage yourself. I'm like, Wes, you go. I'm like the whole way there. I'm, I'm, I'm killing it in that red minivan. I'm like, that's right. I'm the man in a red minivan. I stuck it to him today. So they wanted. I told him no. We sat down at the table. Just recaptured a story. It was amazing. We sat down at a table, and this dad's, this lady says to me, "I'm um, sir." I'm like, "This is weird." You know, hopefully it's not a church person. You know, and so I, I'm kidding about that. I was joking, Brooke. Kind of. She goes, "I just want to let you know, I'm so proud of you." I was like. Thank you. I need all the encouragement I can get. So wh- I'm like, why are you proud of me? She says, you and your wife are over there, and neither one of you guys are on your cell phones. I am so proud of you. And I was like, babe, we're awesome. So she quit talking to me. I said, should I? And then she got up. The lady got up. She was an encouraging lady. I could tell because everybody knew she was an encouraging lady. She got up, and she walked, walked away, and I heard her saying, she stopped the next person. It was the manager. I want to let you know, this is my favorite Tijuana Flats. I'm like, she is so nice. I said, Diana, I'm having a hard time with this lady. I said, should I go let her know that my phone just died when I walked in and I would be on my phone right now if it wasn't for that? Should I go and tell her? <laughs> hey, you're laughing because you're like, that's my pastor. That's what I'm talking about. He's not a good dad. You know, that to me, like, I didn't, I, I would have been on my phone. I would have been on my phone and I'm like, and then one step further, you know me, I'm thinking, I knew I was talking about encouraging today. I knew that would be a good illustration. I'm like, man, I wish my phone wasn't dead because I like to put this illustration there. But because my ADD is getting a little bit better, I remembered the illustration. I put it in my notes two or three hours later after I put my foot down on the kids. I'm so proud of myself. Sometimes you've got to encourage yourself. We are encouragers. I think, man, this is so nice. Ellie's an encourager. She walks to the next person, she encourages them. We are encouragers. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul's writing to another church. Paul wrote the first text. He wrote this text also. He said this, let's encourage each other and build each other up. And as a church, we're going to do that. And we're going to encourage everybody. You're like, Wes, how do I know if someone needs encouragement? Everyone needs encouragement. One out of one people need encouragement. There's not a person in this room who doesn't need encouragement. And here's how I know. I see people every single day and they're smiling. Things are looking so good. And I walk up to them like, man, Maggie, you're always high on life and you're always doing well. And then, and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's not 24-7, Wes. And it's not, people that live these filled up lives, and these curves, it's not 24-7. You're like, even you, Wes, the pastor, I go, through, I, go through, I go through bouts too where I'm frustrated, where I'm having a hard time. But we are encouragers. That's what we do. We encourage people. We encourage the hurt and the broken. And we also encourage the people that are doing well. No haters here. They're not allowed to hate on people. So we encourage everybody. That's what we do. We encourage people. That's what God's called you and I do. I want to encourage everyone. I thought about today encouraging everyone in this room here. They just start speaking encouragement into your life. And you're like, Wes... That's, that's gutsy. My sister just looked at me and said, don't do that. I know. I'm not going to. 
but I thought about, we're going to encourage the wins. I'm so happy. Whitney got engaged this week. That's awesome. I'm super excited for her. I'm happy for her. Matt, you're a freaking lucky guy, Matt. That was a softball for you. You handled that well. That, thumb, that was smart. Man, I'm so, I'm so glad. You know, Whitney's an encourager. When we get done with, it, with this church thing and we get done, and she'll say, man, man, that, that was good. This week, Diana will share me the ladies' Bible study. She goes, Whitney said this, and she goes, man, Whitney's encouraging. And Amy Garman, she's not in here. She's in our kids' area today. I walked up the stage today from VIP, and she gave me, she said, man, that was awesome. I give them like two minutes of the message. And she's like, that was an awesome word. She's an encourager. We are encouragers. I'm so proud of Michelle Sunsprout. She's been coming to our church for a handful of months and she, she's connecting with Jesus. She's connecting people. And last night she was here setting up and I said to Michelle, I'm so thankful you're here today. I want to encourage you for, I want to encourage her for helping set up. You want to know why? I said, this is important. She's like, it was nothing. If we don't set up church, we don't have church in this building. I'm, I'm thankful for her. I'm encouraged by her. I'm, I, I love Lee and Lex. I want to encourage him. You guys are doing great. I was texting Lee yesterday. Just encourage him. I want to encourage him because he's doing great. I'm proud of him. They've been coming to our church since they moved to this city. She came week one and he came week two. He's only missed one Sunday in four or five months. I want to encourage you. That's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad you're here today and Don's here today. I want to encourage you, Don. Don, you're doing a great, a great thing. This week, Don came to community group. You're like, man, is that hard to do? For some people it is. I'm just glad she was there and she brought a visitor. I'm glad it was her husband. I'm just glad that she's there. I'm just glad she's, I want to encourage them. I'm encouraged when you show up in here today. That leaves me encouraged. It only makes you want to encourage. Encouraging is a cycle. You know what happens when we don't encourage each other? We start talking about ourselves. Let me tell how awesome I am. Let me tell how great I am. We start doing that. Don't we do that sometimes? You're like, nope, just you, Wes. Fine. Fine. Jill came to our, Jill, um, not Jill. Is Jill here today? Jill Dubeck, are you here? Not Jill, Danielle. Danielle is here today, and Danielle came to our gym for the first time. She just dropped in in our gym, and, and Lee wasn't there that day. I don't think you were there. You got to start it, and, and Danielle crushed the workout. I said, Danielle, you and I are taking a picture together. And she's like, why? I said, because you just crushed this workout. You embarrassed me. And this jerk that I just encouraged in the front row messaged me and said, if all it takes is you to beat you at a workout, I'm going to come work out with you so I can get a picture with you. I'm like, you jerk. But I mean, I'm like, you crushed that workout. She just crushed it. We are encouraged. That's what we do. We just encourage people. We encourage the good. When they're in a tough time, we want to go by and we want to pick them up and we want to put an armor on. We want to encourage people. We do that. That's what we do. The Talbots are here today. None of you guys even know. They've been to our church one time. Today's their second time. The last time they came was the first of the year. I'm so, when they pulled up, I waved at them. I couldn't see in their car, but I waved anyways. If I waved at you today, it's because I like, I'll wave at everybody. Don't feel like you were special. I just waved at everyone that came in. If you're in the parking lot, you ought to wave at people. It's encouraging to them. It, it actually looks like you're, they're actually, that you're actually glad they actually came to church. Because you go to some church and they're kind of like, why are you here? <laughs> I'm encouraged that they're there. I, watch, I follow them on social media. And I just like following them. I think they got a good marriage. From what I see, I just see the highlight reel, which is on social media. You know, I don't really know, but it looks encouraging. So I'm, I'm just going to follow them anyways. And I follow them and they're encouraging. I've been there. I went to one workout with Annie. Annie works out at 5 a.m., which God's not up at 5 a.m. So we shouldn't be up at 5 a.m. But I went there a 5 a.m. workout in the early days of CrossFit. And she's just an encourager. It was her and two other girls. They were just so chipper. The workout that day was seven minutes of burpees. That's two steps above hell. That was the workout. Seven minutes of burpees. Like, seven burpees is hard, but seven minutes of burpees is stupid. I'm just encouraged. I want, we want to encourage people. We want to encourage people. I went to dinner last night with my in-laws. My in-laws came and helped set up last night. That's encouraging. I mean, your boss for eight years is also your father-in-law and your mother-in-law, and they say, we're going to come help you set up, and then we're going to take you out to dinner. 
Of course, when they said we're buying, we ordered extra, you know. I'm like, I'm getting a large plate from Payway today, Giselle. I'm just, I'm doing that. I'm protein loading. (laughs) And appetizers, two of them, you know. And a Coke. It's a point of service where I'm getting hungry. We encourage people. Here's the second thing. We are generous. We are generous. We are generous. We are generous. The most encouraging people to hang out with are generous people. That's the most encouraging people. The kind of people you got to fight with at the restaurant. Who's going to pick up the tab? The kind of people. And if you ever, if, it, if, if there's, it's always fun going out with two encouraging people, because that could almost be like a fist fight. Randy and Debbie, we, they've been taking us out to dinner for, for three years and five months. I keep track of that kind of stuff. <laughs> And I, the first couple of times, I'm like, I'm going to buy their lunch. And that was the last time I ever thought about doing that, you know. Randy's an NRA guy, you know. NRA, I think he's going to shoot me, you know. In the leg, obviously, not kill me, like just kind of injure me, kind of. And I'm like, man, I ain't going to fight him. Debbie grabbed my arm one time and put her nails in me. And just, I'm like, all right, fine, listen, Dinah, let's not ever offer with them, which we're about due for dinner. We haven't been out back in a while. The most encouraging people to hang out with are generous people. Here's what the Bible says. I can only tell you what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. It's been a verse that God's burned on my heart and my mind the last few weeks. Give freely and become more wealthy. Now, isn't that something? Explain that to me, Wes. Uh, Get saved and then get to heaven and ask Jesus. I didn't write this. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything you have. The generous will prosper, and those who refresh other people, they themselves will be refreshed. Now that verse right there, that deserves, that deserves a 30-minute talk in itself. That verse is fire. That verse is, that's 100. That's killer. That's amazing. Give freely and become a wealthy. It's so weird because we think this, if I keep all my money west and I keep all my stuff, I keep my kids and keep everything I got, then I'm going to get more. That's how we think. If I keep it, I'm going to have more. And the opposite, and it's the opposite of that. You give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away. Now you give it away, and you get more. Listen, there's all kinds of stuff in that crossfit gym. Where did I get that song from? Like, when we take, we keep. We don't get. There's no more. I've used this silly little illustration before, but. If God, if I put something in your hand today and I say, hey, I want to give you something, you say, no, you can't because I have this. God can't put no more in your hand until you release what's already in your hand. Derek talks about surrender a lot. Raise your hand. This is surrender. This is surrender. If you never surrender your life, you can never get more from God. God can never do more in you because you're not surrendered to him. Wes, I want to be so close to Jesus. I want to be so close to Jesus. Surrender yourself to Jesus three or four times a day or every hour. Every hour, tell him I need you. That's, you surrender your life. The more you give away, the actually more you receive. Isn't that, isn't that, doesn't that sound, doesn't that sound ridiculous? I'm trying to think of the most culturally, the most accepted word to use in church. Like, that sounds dumb. Wes, if I give it away, I'm going to have more. And if I keep what I have, I'm going to get nothing else. That sounds, that, Wes, that's ridiculous. 
Well, it does sound ridiculous to you, but the wisest man ever lived said it. I mean, don't take it from me. Take it from the wisest man ever to live. Get freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything you have. That only the generous people prosper. Those who refresh other people, they themselves will be fresh. I know you might be thinking, Wes, I don't have a lot. Did you know this generosity starts small? Generosity starts small. It always just starts small. When we first started our church, in the early days, somebody would take this offering envelope and they'd put coins in it every single week. And, and Randy came up to me, one of the guys that went to count the offering, he said, man, he goes, he goes, you know what's encouraging to me? And I said, no, tell me. I'd love to know what encourages you. <laughs> he said, every week, somebody puts coins in this envelope and they put it in, and they put it in the offering plate. They don't put their name. They just put coins in this thing every single week. And you know what? He goes, Wes, it, it never misses. They never miss. It's always coins every single week in this thing. Did I, can I tell you this much? Generosity always starts small. Generosity always starts. Diana's dad has always said this. My father has always said this. It's not about equal gifts. It's not about equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. We don't all have to give the same thing in here, team. We're not all going to give the same thing. It's, it's based on what God's given us and what God gives us. We give off that. We, we'll never, ever, none of us are ever going to, it's going to be very, very far-fetched to believe that we're all going to give the same exact thing all the single time. We're going to give what God calls us to give. We're going we're gonna to give. But generosity starts so small. It starts with coins in this thing. And if you're today, you're like, oh, Wes, that was sneaky how you threw the generosity in there. Generosity isn't just your money. Generosity is your time. One of the most generous people that I know in this room in here today, I know a lot of generous people. I, I realize I learned generosity from my parents. My parents are generous people. And then I go into this, I work for my, my in-laws for eight years. They're some of the most generous people that I know. Generous. They give you a gift for every holiday. Keep on having kids. They still keep on giving the gifts. You know what I'm saying? And um, they're just generous. Generous, generous people. Here's what I know. It's not about equal. It's not about equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. It's just everyone saying, I'm going to give what God's called me to give. I want to be a generous person. I want my kids to be. When, when I, I posted this the other day. How, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? You know what I want people to say about me? I love people and I was generous. I want people to say, that, that's what I, I didn't post what I, no one even asked me. No one even cared because people only care about what they care about. And so I asked that question, got 30 comments back and I ne- no one ever asked me, Wes, what do you want? What do you want? I want people to say, Wes, love people and he was generous. No one's ever disliked a generous person. I want everyone to like me. I want, I want to be a generous person. Because the most encouraging people to be around are generous people. And it's not about, it's not about how much you give though. It's about your heart. Got it. The most generous person I know in this room and here today. It's not about his giving of, of, his, of his dollars. It's his time. Stephen O'Neill is in here today, and, and he's here every single week, and he comes every Saturday at 5 p.m., every single Saturday at 5 p.m. Me and my wife are the only people that have to come every single Saturday at 5 a.m. Stephen comes every single Saturday at 5 p.m. He's missed, he's missed maybe two setups. We felt that when he left. I don't know where he's at currently, but he's not here because someone make sure that he listens to the podcast after he gets done preparing the podcast and loading the podcast. Let him know to listen to the podcast. <laughs> That's all generosity. He does a lot of things. Oh, there, you blend in with that wall. He's guy's so stinking generous with this time. He's generous with this time. 
Maggie is, is here today and she's generous with her ability. She has an ability to, 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 to serve and to, and, to, and to love kids. She's got a gift and ability that some of you guys don't have that, that ability. Not you, Maggie. Maggie, you're awesome. Your ability is softball, clearly. State champion, no big deal. 8A, no big deal. Maggie is generous. Maggie, Maggie is so generous with her, her ability. She just wants to use it. So I said to Maggie, I said, Dinah, we got to hire, we got to actually hire Maggie to be here a little bit more than what she's being here. We want to hire and we want to, we want to compensate her for her time because she already, she already is already generous in, in her, in her, um, in her talents. We were nervous to go to her and say, hey, we want to pay you to do this. It was, that's nerve wracking to do that because she would have said, no, we just, I just want to help. I want to serve it. I strong armed her like like um, the Maddoxes did me, and it worked out pretty well. So I learned that from you, Debbie. Thank you. And But she's generous with her talents. Time, talent. This band up here, I was talking to the guys out there. I said, you know, in some churches, it would cost you tens of thousands of dollars to pay for a, a worship a worship team. That's what that would cost. It costs us to, to have what we have. It costs us about $40,000 to pay someone to lead worship. I pay Diana in hugs and kisses. That's what she gets. I tried to give Derek a hug and a kiss, but he didn't like it as much. But these guys are some of the most generous people up here. They come up here and they, they're, ta- they're generous with their talent. They want to come. This uh, um, Chris and Gabe, they drive an hour every single week. Every other week, they drive an hour each way to come lead us in worship. They're generous with their ability. That's generosity. That's generosity. Eloy comes twice a twice a um, twice a month. <laughs> and I'm laughing because Jessica told me last week. Well, no, we 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 want to let you know we love you a lot because we're coming twice a month. We love you guys a lot. And you know, my spiritualness, I want to say it's 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 not because you love Jesus and. I know it's not, you know, let's be honest, it's because you love us. And I appreciate it. That's fine. It's encouraging. But they're generous with their time, their talent. We had no clue how to put all this stuff together, the sound stuff. Eloy took his time. He researched all the ins and outs, the chords, the cave, all that stuff. He researched all of it, tens, tens of hours memorizing all this stuff. He's generous. They're generous. Our church is going to be a generous church. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. And our treasure. Hey, friends, where your heart is, that's where your, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where your treasure is, is where your heart is. That's in the Bible. I love this quote. Anne Frank said this, No one has ever become poor by giving. Is this like, when people come here, they'll te- people will text me or people will, I, I like, I get on Facebook thing and I get on Facebook when church is out, usually after lunch is over and I go and see what people got out of the sermon because typically what people get out of is what they post. But, and I, I, I can see your minds are lighting up today. This stuff lights my mind up because it makes zero sense. It makes zero sense that people, no, one, that someone, no one's ever become poor by giving. I wrote down in my notes, I, I try to put it eloquently, I didn't do a very good job, but I wrote down this. This whole reaping and sowing thing, it's actually real. What you what you, you reap and sowing, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. There's a story of a couple guys in the Bible. And band, you better come up or I'll keep preaching. 
all of you guys. Like, it'll make me, I feel the pressure if there's more of you guys behind me. So move quickly. Like, if you better sprint. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come as slow as you want. There's a story of a couple of guys in the Bible, and one guy was blessed with a ton of talents. And the manager said, I want you to go use your talents. I went to another guy and said, I want you to go use your talents. And you, I want you to give this guy some talents. I want you to go and use your talents. And then a year later, they came back. When they got to the guy with the five talents, he said, hey, how'd you do? I doubled my talents. I actually used them. He used his talents, his abilities, his gift, his coin, and somehow using it, he doubled his ability. He, he doubled his, whatever he was, he doubled it. That's, that's ridiculous, right? The next guy, how did you do? I actually doubled what you gave me, master. A year later, I doubled it. I used my talents, my, my, my talent, my time, my treasure. I used it. And a year later, I've actually doubled it. I used it, but I doubled it. And there's a guy over here, and he's got one talent. He says, how did you do? Master, you're going to be so excited. I actually went and dug a hole, and I hid my talent, my talent, my time, my treasure in there for a year. And look what? He reached in his pocket, pulls out a dirty old dollar bill, and says, I know you are hard, Jesus, and so I wanted to make sure that I didn't mess this up, so I just dug a hole and left it in there, and here it is. And Jesus says, you got to, the, the, the story, the master of that says, you got to be kidding me. You got to, are you kidding me? <laughs> You're not kidding me, are you? No, no, I'm not kidding you. This is it. That's all I got. He said, let me get that. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go get, these guys are going to use it. So I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and use it. I'm going to go, they're going to use it. So I want them to use out. I want what I've given you to be used. My daughter said to me yesterday, this is disheartening. What's going to happen to all your money when you die? That's harsh from a nine-year-old, right? Am I, some of you guys are like, I, some of you nine-year-olds are like, I thought the same thing. <laughs> that's a weird, is that weird? That's a weird question for a nine-year-old to ask. Can you just not? I said, I'm not, I say, I'm not going to have much. And she goes, why not? I said, because I'm going to use it while I'm here. Plus, I don't want you guys to waste it. Just real. You know what I'm saying? Matt was telling like it is. It was like, hey, you're going to waste it. You're going to waste it. Anyways. I want to use all I got, all I have. I want to use it to, to help people hear about Jesus. That's what I want to do with my money. That's steep, Wes. I know, that's extreme. I'm hoping I have some. I'm, I'm going to leave him a few dollars. <laughs> Gabe, you're, I wrote in my notes the, the word Gabe behind me. Gabe's a great encourager. He's always encouraging people, isn't he? It's your roommate, so you, you have to shake your head yes regardless because if you want him to keep on encouraging you, you just can shake your head, but he's encouraging Jesus modeled, incur, incur, Jesus modeled both these values. How can you demonstrate that, Wes? The Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave. If that ain't encouraging, I don't know what is. The Bible says, greater love hath no man than a man that would actually lay down his life for his friends. Jesus. I like Tom Albers, but I'm not gonna lay my life down for him. I mean, you're like, that's pretty mean. I, I might would if I had to. I told you guys I quit carrying. I quit carrying. I have a concealed weapons permit. I quit carrying for a while, but I wanted to start carrying recently, and I realized I didn't. Ha- I, I let my in-laws borrow my car for a month, so I didn't have my, my concealed weapons permit for a, for a for a whole month and a half. You don't want to be caught with a gun without a concealed weapons permit. Just throwing it out there. It's freebie. And so I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait on that. Yeah, if I if I, I'd get in a battle for some of you guys, I love you. I'd try to if I could. I don't want to die for anybody. I don't want to kill anybody. 
But the Bible says that God loved you so much that he gave. He gave his life. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you're trying to, if you need some encouragement.